So this is the uh, this is the second session in our series on Jesus the Game Changer, and David Howells later on will introduce it more fully. But for now, we're just going to show you the uh, the video on the on the topic, which is equality for this week. In these short clips, we're introducing the topics from the series, Jesus the Game Changer. And this topic we're looking at is equality. Uh, equality is a basic foundation, a foundational values of all Western societies. If I gave you an assignment, which was to go out in the streets, stop strangers, don't do it because it's not socially acceptable. But if you were to do that, and you were to say, stop people and say, do you believe in the equality of all people? Across Western nations, you would basically get a resounding yes. Now, there's another issue, which is whether we actually live that out completely, and, and it's quite true. But as an idea and an ideal, we hold to the equality of all people, that all people matter, that rich and poor, male and female, uh, abled and disabled actually matter and are of equal worth. It's actually a pretty radical idea. And we need to ask the question, where did the idea come from? We normally work on the assumption, well, that's what people have always thought, and that's what people around the world think today. Well, neither of those things are actually true. If you go back to the Greco-Roman world, the, the time of Jesus that this series is focused on, you'll actually notice that they actually believed in natural inequality. The great Greek thinkers actually believed that people were born unequal and that's the way that they needed to be treated. That great thinker and uh, uh, philosopher Aristotle actually believed that slaves were a subclass. They were less than everybody else and they needed to be treated in, in that way. He called them anthropodon, which meant neither male nor female, a kind of a neuter term. Uh, he believed that they were living tools that you own and used as a tool. Plato talked about women as being inferior to men in every way. They are inferior emotionally, they are inferior intellectually, uh, they are inferior physically, and again, they needed to be treated as an inferior group of people. The Jewish men were a bit the same. Jewish men on a regular basis would uh, pray, stand up and pray. They thanked God that they weren't born a Gentile, a slave, or a woman. And so here is this notion that in the time of Jesus, Inequality was built into the whole community, the structure of society. And if you think, well, we've moved past that today, it's not like that anymore. It's not actually true in certain nations and religious philosophies around the world. Those who hold to the Hindu philosophy believe in two key ideas, karma and reincarnation. So reincarnation means that obviously you, when you die, you come back again, you come back again, you come back again. Karma says that depending on how you live out your place in the world, if you do a good job of living out your place in the world, then you'll come back in a higher caste. If you do a bad job of living out your place in the world, you'll come back in a lower caste. So I want you to imagine if you're in a Brahman caste in India, the highest caste, the intellectual caste, the wealthiest caste, what do you think about yourself? 
Well, you actually think you have a total sense of entitlement because I live in this caste because, well, that's a reflection of the life I've lived. And I'm not saying that everybody in India don't care about other people and treat people badly all the time. But what I am saying is a philosophical outcome of their position is that I deserve my place. And those below me in the caste system, they're working their karma out. And at worst, I don't help them because they've got to work their karma out. Into the setting of the Greco-Roman world with structural inequality comes Jesus. And Jesus treats people, all people equally. Men and women, he treats equally. The abled and the disabled. He, he demonstrates this idea that everybody matters. And he tells a, a funny little story that makes no economic sense. It's about a shepherd who has a hundred sheep and he's lost one, which is only 1%. But Jesus tells the story that he leaves the 99 and goes after the one. There's a couple of truths in that. One is that God is, is interested to go after the lost, the one that's away but it also demonstrates that the one matters, that everybody matters, that everybody is of worth, equal worth. And the earliest church actually played that out in the way it lived and the way it's, it spoke and taught. It's an Old Testament idea, that the idea that right in the beginning, we were created in the image of God. So all of us are bearers of the image of God. So in other words, the spark of God is in every person. The abled, the disabled, in everybody, the spark of God is with every person. And so the Paul, as he wrote to those that he was seeking to influence, when he wrote to the churches of Galatia in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, he actually says that in Christ, when we're in Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's not slave nor free, there's not male nor female. This sense of equality, across all of humanity and even historians today, those who look at across history, not from a religious point of view, but from a historical perspective, like Larry Seedentop, who's written a book in the last couple of years called Inventing the Individual. I wanna read a quote to you. Uh, look at this quote about what Larry Seedentop discovered that the difference that the followers of Jesus have made when they think about the idea of equality. Here's what he wrote. Christianity changed the ground of human identity by emphasizing the moral equality of humans, quite apart from any social roles they might occupy. Christianity changed the name of the game. Social rules became secondary. They followed and, in a crucial sense, had to be understood as subordinate to a God-given human identity, something all humans share equally. Seidentop is saying that it was the life and the teaching of Jesus that was a game changer when it came to think of human equality. Good morning. I haven't seen that video before, so I'm doing well, aren't I? It's good to see you all here. If you're here for the first time, welcome. If you're back for another time, it's good to see you back. When this subject came up among the preaching team and we're dishing out who was going to get one subject and who's going to get another one, there weren't any who jumped on top of this one. It's a tricky subject, isn't it? Sensitive one, equality. We're all striving for it in different ways. But I put my hand up because it really intrigued me. And in my work, I see a lot of different people, a lot of different situations, and I have to treat them all with the same value. So it's something that's pretty close to my heart as well. So my subject today, equality. 
If you've heard me speak before, you know that I like definitions. So here's the definition of equality in a Western society. We've already seen in that video that different societies treat this differently, but here it is for Western societies from Collins English Dictionary. Equality is the same status, rights and responsibilities for all the members of a society, a group or a family. I want you to notice two words there, the word same and the word all. <clears throat> so is that a good definition? It sounds very reasonable, sitting there wide, black and white, on the internet, that's their definition, that's the best they can come up with. How good is it? Is it really? Is equality really the same status, the same rights, the same responsibilities for everybody, all the members of a society, group or family? I'd like to give you an example. <clears throat> After church today, I'll jump in the car, God willing, and drive home. But my kids won't. So let's look at the example of equality in age. My children versus me, do they have the same rights, responsibilities and the same status? Well, no. My kids have often said to me, Dad, can I drive home? I said, no, you can't. Why not? Because you haven't got a license. I'm licensed and they're not. There's a different status for you. Yeah, but Dad, I know how to drive a car. We do it out on Grandpa's block. Come on, let me drive the car. I know you can do it, but it's illegal. You're not allowed to do it. You don't have the same right that I do because of my status. And what about responsibility? Dad, but I can drive. I'd love to drive you home. Yeah, you know what? I'd love to sit in the back of the car snacking on snacks and having a few fights with my brothers and sisters too. Well, you did the work. That'd be great. But that's not your responsibility. It's mine. So it actually doesn't work well in relation to this particular example, does it? So let's flick over to a different country. We've already had this mentioned in the video, equality in the Indian caste system. We're not picking on India, it's just the way the system works there, it's a good example. Here's the triangle of the different castes over there. If you're a priest, you've got it made. You're born as a priest into a Brahmin family. You are the top of the pile. You don't even have the responsibility to reach down to the people right down the bottom. The Dalits are untouchables. They're the people who drive our garbage trucks and come and suck out our septic tanks nowadays. They're untouchable. And like we heard, they have to do well in their own situation. And if they do well, when they die and come back in reincarnation, they might start climbing the levels. That's the Indian philosophy. Karma and coming back with reincarnation. So that's the Indian system. Now, there's obviously inequality with that system in actions, attitudes, responsibilities, and life. It's very, very unequal or unequal. So then what about another example in Australia? There's lots of different ways we can look at equality. And this one I've taken from the World Economic Forum. There's a website down the bottom there, and it's gender parity. It is actually the status of women worldwide out of 144 countries. And you can see that Iceland comes at the very top. The graph's inverted, otherwise my numbers would have been negative. So Iceland is number one. If you're a woman living in Iceland, you have the most rights of any country in the world. If you're living in Yemen, you're stonkered. You are number 144, the bottom of the heap, as far as women's rights and status goes. How are we doing in Australia? We're actually not doing very well, are we? Number 46, despite all of the fights for equality for women in our country. And just an interesting note, in Iceland, the rate of abortion termination of babies is the highest among the Nordic countries. So while they've achieved equality for women, and they're top of the pile, there's not equality for an unborn baby. So equality for one group might be at the expense of another group. So equality is hard to achieve across the board in all these societies, is it not? 
So we could look at all these different things, gender, wealth, race, age, all these things. But at the end of the day, we're not doing very well. Our definitions aren't really good. We're not doing it very well practically, and other countries don't even try. So what about God? I'd like to get God's point of view. But firstly, I'd like to ask why we're not succeeding with it. Now you can see what I've got there, a picture of a power cord. Can I ask a question with a kid here? <clears throat> are those power cords, the ends, different ends, are they equal value to each other? Zaya. No. Are they equal value? Do they both have a role to play? Yes. Yes, they're equal value, aren't they? Are they the same as each other? Yes? No. Now that's interesting. They're equal value, but they're not actually the same as each other. And I want to tell you that equality is value. It is not sameness. And there's something really interesting with our society is that we're pushing more and more and more towards sameness and we're forgetting value. And a perfect example is this genderless society we're heading towards, neither male nor female, pushing for sameness to make things equal. And doing that, we're not understanding the value of different things. I've got another example here. I went to the hardware store yesterday and I got a bolt. <clears throat> and a bolt, can that work by itself? No, it doesn't work by itself, does it? You need something else to go alongside it, which is called a what? Yep. A nut, a bolt and a nut. Are they the same as each other? Uh-huh. No. Do they work together? Uh-huh. Can you do the job with one and not the other? Can the nut do it by itself? Can the bolt do it by itself? No, they're different. They're equally valuable and together they can get the job done, can't they? So equality is value, not sameness. And we see that everywhere in our society. It's obvious, it's evident. <clears throat> I want to have a look what God says about equality. We've already seen some of these verses in Genesis with a video clip we watched. And so firstly in Genesis 1 and 27 and Unashamedly in this church, we believe in the Bible, that God is the creator, that we do not believe in evolution, which leads to these other viewpoints. We believe in the God of the Bible. <clears throat> and in the beginning, God created all of the animals and the earth. We believe in creation. And then God created mankind in his own image. Now, this is never said about the animals that they are created in the image of God. God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. We have value there, and we also have difference. We don't have sameness. Same value, different genders. So there's the gender perspective of God on equality. What about God's perspective on wealth? <clears throat> the rich and the poor, Proverbs 22 and 2, have this in common. The Lord God made them both. Well, the Lord made them both. Race, Acts 17 and 26, from one man, that is Adam, God created all the nations throughout the whole earth. All the different countries, the different genders, the different statuses with wealth, they are there, they're differences, but they all come from the same God. So this is the basis for Western views on equality originally. <clears throat> so there's the differences, male and female, rich, poor, all nations. And the similarities are that they were all created by God, so their origin is equal. 
we all started out the same way. We haven't got a lot to boast about, have we? But the beautiful, amazing thing is that we are created in the image of the very God of heaven. Very different, very much higher than the animals. We have inherent value as well as having differences. So no matter what our differences are, no, none of us have the right to devalue others because we have the same creator and we're made in the image of God, not in the image of monkeys, might I add. So unlike animals, humans are made in the image of God. Every human is therefore very valuable. The original principles of equality in our cultures are based on those Christian truths. And the problem is that as we move further away from God, in our hearts, we lose true equality. Now I've written there, the drive for sameness is satanic. No matter what principle God puts in the Bible, Satan is the opposer and he will do the direct opposite. God says male and female, Satan says genderless. God says parents leading and discipline their children. Satan says kids are brought up in the culture, they can just do whatever they jolly well please. And no matter where you look, the things that God sets up looking after little babies, Satan says get rid of them. Old people, let's euthanize them. I spoke about this a few weeks ago. So Satan is the opposer. He always, always goes against what God says. <clears throat> now don't forget in the beginning there, as we've read, that God created man in his own image. And Adam and Eve were there in the garden in this beautiful situation, and Satan comes up to them and he says, you know what, if you actually disobey God and take and eat of this fruit of this tree that God said you can't, guess what? You can be like God's. Hang on a minute, they already were. They already were in the image of God. Here's the counterfeiter coming up and you say, you can be like God. And they listened to his lie and they took it and they ate it and their eyes were open and they understood sin and they understood this sadness inside, this broken relationship with God. So Satan, the great counterfeiter, tricked them. And I would argue that the things that are happening today in our society are very satanic. The sameness that Satan's trying to create is going completely opposite to what God has originally intended. And there's just mass confusion resulting. <clears throat> so why do we really struggle with all this? Why is this happening? Why are we moving away? Why can't we get equality right in Australia or India, wherever we live? Where can't we get it right? Because of sin. When Adam and Eve walked away from God, they fell from God. They sinned, they disobeyed, and they fell out of relationship with God. He pronounced death upon them eternally a loss of friendship with God, and a loss of friendship with God for eternity. And as the children of Adam and Eve, we are all born as sinners in the same situation apart from God. <clears throat> Romans 3 and 23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've moved away from being like God in his image, have we not? We've fallen short of his glory and we've fallen away from his image. And notice that it says all there. Now these verses are real equalizers. If there's one thing that's true, the Bible says all have sinned. Doesn't matter whether we're a Brahmin or an untouchable, an Australian or wherever we come from, rich, poor, woman, man, boy, adult, girl, whatever we are, all have sinned. We're all in the same basket and we're all away from God when we're born. And further, Romans 3 and 12 says, we're all together gone out of the way, there is none that does good, not one, no, not one. 
And because of this, because we've moved away from the image of God, we have also lost the value of God and we've lost the valuation of one another. And we've fallen into this situation where we don't have the nature and the person of God within us. We cannot treat each other with the value we ought to because we've moved away from God. We are self-gods, lifting ourselves up and putting others down. And whether we're trying to equalise things in our society or not, and many of these things are commendable, inside there's this devaluing of others. How often in your marriage you have a little spat, if you do, most people do, and in those spats, at the moment, at the time, you just want to, I do anyway, I want to win. I want to win the argument. Then I walk away and I turn around and I come back and say, I'm sorry, I... I was elevating myself way above my wife. And I don't even have the right to do that. Because of sin, I want to do that. I want to be top of the heap. Because of sin, that's why we struggle with the whole business of equality. The beautiful thing about this is that God in heaven saw this. He knew it all along. He knew when Adam sinned. He knew Adam was going to sin, Adam and Eve. He saw us fall away and he grieved over that lost relationship and he wanted to make it better. God has seen that. He's seen that we're unlike him. He's seen that we've lost our friendship with him in our lives and also after we die for eternity. Loss of relationship is true spiritual death. But the beautiful thing here, and that's the focus of my message today, is that there is an answer to the problem. God has seen us and he hasn't left us where we are. God has reached down because we're way below him. And he's provided a way to lift us up and bring us back into friendship and relationship with him to be children in his family. And that way, and only that way, will I say to you, can we regain the image of God. And as we walk with God, we can truly value one another. How's he done that? I'd like to read this passage. Feel free to pull out your Bible and have a look at this if you wish. So Philippians... Chapter 2, verses 6 to 11. Now this is speaking about Jesus Christ and the whole passage starts here. It says, it's speaking to Christians in a place called Philippi, which was just after the time of Jesus <clears throat> over in Greece. And it was speaking to believers in Jesus over there. And this passage starts out and it says, I want you to have the same attitude as Jesus. He's talking to people, humans here, but he says, yeah, it's possible to have the same attitude as Jesus. And then he gives the example of Jesus. Though he was God, Jesus did not think of equality. <laughs> There's that word again. He didn't think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up that divine privilege. He took the humble position of a slave. There's the bottom of society for you. And he was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God. And he died a criminal's death on a cross. Now this story is true. Jesus Christ was in heaven with God, the true Son of God, part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And they saw our dilemma and God sent him down and he said, I'll go and I'll rescue them. And we know that there was a virgin birth of Mary and the person who was born of her was truly a man with a mother, a human mother, but his father was God, not Joseph. He was truly a human and he was truly God at the same time. He did not lose his godness. He was filled with all the fullness of God. He never lost that. 
But what he did set aside were all those privileges of heaven, the position of honour he had, and he came down. And if you look at this, it goes down, down, down. You can draw a line through this whole section and it just keeps on coming down before it hits rock bottom when he dies the death of a criminal on a cross. And then it goes back up again. Therefore God, verse 9, has elevated him to the place of highest honour and given him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue can declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God has reached down. Jesus Christ has come and paid the penalty for our sin. Our disobedience and our sin to God deserved death. And Jesus died a death on the cross and he was separated from God while our sins were laid on him. And he took our punishment voluntarily from that high place in heaven down to the very rock bottom and he took your sin and my sin on himself so that he could take the punishment and God could still stay righteous, deliver the punishment so that justice was done, but find a way to be able to then reach out in forgiveness to us who had so rebelled against him and moved away from his image. And Jesus now has been lifted back up and every, one day every knee will bow. And that includes yours and mine. Anybody who wants to acknowledge Jesus Christ or not nowadays, one day will bow the knee and not acknowledge him as Lord. He'll be given his rightful place. And even Satan will bow the knee ultimately. And Jesus will be given that place of honour that he so deserves. So God has provided a way. There's a way out of our dilemma. We didn't even have to do anything about it. <clears throat> the next section is, if we are in Jesus Christ, and this is the verse that was read on the video clip, if we are in Jesus Christ, it says in Galatians, for you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ or in Christ Jesus. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now this is talking about salvation and equality of value. There is still male and female, obviously, and slave and free in those lands. But at the end of the day, we have equal standing in Jesus Christ. There is no person higher than another. There is no inequality in our relationship and our position in Jesus Christ. That's true equality. And in fact, the Bible says not only are we heirs with Christ, but we're joint heirs with him heirs of God and heirs with Christ. We are virtually like brethren to Christ and we are in the family of God. And the transaction that needs to occur for us to come out of that position where we've fallen away from God and be brought back into friendship with God is actually up to us. The work's been done by Jesus Christ. He's paid the price. But not everybody's going to benefit from that. Benefit from that. The offer is there, but there's a warning because not all humans are equal. After all I've said, humans are not all equal. Now I don't know if you personally have trusted in Jesus Christ, but if you haven't, there is a difference. Many of us here have trusted in Jesus Christ. We've realised that we've fallen away from God, that we're sinners, and that we're going to die physically and then be away from God forever. And in the Bible, we've learned that Jesus Christ has come in love for us. He's come way down 
and he's come to the very bottom of the pile and he's given himself a horrible criminal's death and taken away our punishment for our sin to be able to set us free. He has done that out of sheer love. What incredible grace and mercy from Jesus Christ. And I bless God that as a boy of 12, with all the heaviness of my sin, I came to God and I just rested in the finished work of Jesus. I imagined him dying on the cross for me. I pictured him in my mind and I thought, he's there because of me. And I thanked him and I said, I will have you as my rescuer. Take my sin away. I want to be in your family. And instantly my sin was taken away. I became a child of God forever and I can't lose that. The Bible's so, so clear on that way of salvation. Now that's the sort of transaction that needs to happen if we're going to move from that place of sin into the family of God and become joiners with Christ. And if that doesn't happen, then we're still in that position where we are lost. And so there is inequality in the world today. There are those who believe in God and there are don't, those who don't. Some are children of God, truly children of the eternal God, and that will be realised in heaven when we die. We'll have eternal life relationship with God now and heaven in the future with him. These things are real. But there are those in our society, and perhaps some here today, who haven't had that transaction happen. They haven't had their hearts changed and their sins taken away. And it doesn't make Christians better than others. It just makes them blessed and different than others as children, true children of God. That's way above a Brahmin caste, is it not? <laughs> children of the eternal God forever. Some of us will spend eternity with Christ, and some will not. And the opposite place is spoken of as hell in the Bible. It's a place of separation and darkness and torment away from God in a lifetime, or an eternity, I should say, of regret. So there is not equality going on in a funny way. But we all have equal opportunity. We all have sinned, but Christ has died for us all. John 3 and 16 said, God so loved the world, except the untouchables. No, he didn't. It said, God so loved the world. That's it. That's everybody. None of us are left out. That he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him will not die forever, but have eternal life. So God's provided this way, and we all have equal opportunity. Here we are hearing the word of God. These things are true. And if you don't know God, I really urge you, come to him. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've done in your life, Jesus reached out for the people who were the worst of the society, the prostitutes, the tax gatherers, the people with leprosy, the untouchables. And he reached out and he touched them with his hands and he loved them. And he drew them to himself, and little children, he sat on his knee. He reached out to the lowest of society, and he reaches out to all of us no matter what we've done. We might think there's no coming back from our life and what we have done, but Jesus Christ has died for us, and that's the whole world. And all we have to do is come to God, admit that we're away from him, that we have sin on us, and that we're not in relationship with him, and reach out and accept the work that's already been done. And Jesus Christ not only died and was buried, but on the third day he rose again. He has absolutely triumphed over Satan and over death and over hell. And he's risen again and he's now in heaven at that high place. And he can be your friend and saviour today. What a stunning, stunning message we have today. This is the basis of true equality, is it not, in Jesus Christ.
The choice to respond is ours. <clears throat> and that's another beautiful thing. We're not puppets programmed to believe or not to believe. God's so gracious that he's just opened it up to us, up to you, friends. I've provided the way. It's all up to you. I'm not going to force you. Love doesn't force, but love offers, and God has offered the very best of heaven, his own beloved son. And so there we sit today, searching for equality, able to find it truly in Christ. And I would argue that as we come to God, as his children, and as we walk with God, we start to gain the nature and the thoughts and the heart of Christ, and we start too reaching out to those who we would have otherwise seen as lower than us. We start to value everybody. And so I sit in my clinic and I see people coming to me that are regretting abortions they had 40 years ago, and people who have been faithless in their marriages and people who have done crimes and they've done drugs, and they sit there and they pour it out. And I have this incredible love for them. Sometimes I shed tears in my clinic. I see these people and I just take my hat off. What a, what a horrid life you've lived. What a traumatic situation you've been through. Being abused as a child, whatever it might have been. And I have this love for people and that love doesn't come from me. It comes from God who lives within me. And as we start to value one another like that, no matter our differences, we can treat one another with the same value. We can elevate one another and have true equality of attitude towards each other. Does it mean sameness? No, it does not. We can appreciate one another's differences. And God has created differences to work together. That's how society works. It's obvious, is it not? As our society moves further away from God and tries to create sameness, it's just Satan's counterfeit. It's not true equality. True equality is only found in Jesus Christ and it's not found outside of him. And that's the fantastic message we have this morning. Come to God and experience true equality in Christ. Have your sins forgiven and enjoy a relationship with God. And those of us who are believers, as we walk closer and closer to God, our attitudes change and we'll become more loving, more like Jesus Christ. And in a world of attempted equality which isn't really working, we can live true equality in our own little spheres and draw other people to Christ. Restored to the image of God and come up into relationship with him and ultimately live for eternity in that incredibly elevated place. Fabulous message, isn't it? So that's what we believe about equality. Thank you for listening. And I'm not sure who takes on from here. I'll hand over perhaps to Gerard. Thanks, David. Uh, look, we're going to take up an offering now. If those who are involved in taking up the offering can... We're just going to say a quick prayer for the offering and uh, I'll, uh, if we can get the band to come up as well while we're waiting. Thanks, that'll be good. So, let's pray for our offering. Our loving God, we, you have met our daily needs and so much more and we thank you for your many blessings upon us. This morning, uh, in obedience, we give out of the abundance you have given us. May your life come to those who obey you, and may these gifts be used wisely to further your kingdom. May your people here at Outlook Christian Church continue to throw your, to know your presence in their lives. And we just uh, thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that you have made us equal. 
that together we know that we are sinners in your eyes and yet you have provided a means by which we can come into your presence. Uh, all of us, brothers and sisters, neither male nor female, neither Jew nor Gentile, but saved people um, who have come into a new life through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. So, offering.